Hello and welcome to Geek Space Nine, the Tuscan Shed Media Network podcast where we discover and or rediscover the classic series Star Trek Deep Space Nine. With me as always is Sarah Becker. How are you, Sarah? I'm very well, thank you, Ben. And Peter Dancy. How are you, Peter? I'm also pretty good. I have my I, I have my Stormtrooper plush doll thing that 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 Jack gave that Jack not Jack a, a, a friend a friend of mine my friend Steve gave to me for my birthday sitting next to me so Star Wars Aww. and Star Trek in one room it's fun we are yeah, pansexual hello we like all the things yeah yeah he waves hello hello Stormtrooper <laughs> still has no name I haven't figured it out yet hmm. my cat is sitting right behind my computer and he would say hello if he gave a shit he does not. <laughs> He's just there. <laughs> well, I think you have to come up with a name that sounds like an almost name because you know Finn is what F N you know one one eight or whatever. So it could right. be like P T R something. I'm just thinking that could work. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. These have a fun. Then name. there's there's the fan named T R eight T R. Traitor. Yes. Yes. So good. All right. Well, enough of this Star Wars crap. We're talking about Star Trek, nah. damn it. When we're getting That's right. We're getting into some commentary. It's time for some social commentary, oh, mofos. Cuz we had a two-parter, Past Tense Part 1 and Part 2, which would be Season 3, Episode 11 and Episode 12. So I'm going to Oh boy. We're just going to do the whole big shebang because we don't remember what's in which episode. So strap in, folks. <laughs> when yourself, Cisco and Bashir <laughs> work that plus 30 button um when cisco and bashir and dax attempt to beam down to earth from the defiant an accident occurs and they materialize in san francisco in the year 2024 cisco and bashir are mistaken for vagrants and picked up by future character actor dick miller who takes them to a place called the sanctuary while dax meets a wealthy businessman named chris brenner who takes her in Cisco and Bashir enter the sanctuary, a rundown ghetto in the middle of San Francisco. Cisco explains to Bashir that during the early 21st century, major uh, metropolitan United States cities created sanctuaries as housing projects for the homeless, but they instead became a dumping ground for the sick, poor, out of work, disabled, criminal, and otherwise undesirable. Bashir is disgusted that the 21st century could be so cruel. During processing, Cisco notices the date. He tells Bashir that they arrived just days before the Bell Riots, a series of riots that start in the San Francisco Sanctuary. During the riots, a group of armed men led by a man named Gabriel Bell stormed the processing center and held the workers there hostage. Bell hacked into the internet, basically, and used his platform to share stories from the people inside the sanctuary. Eventually, the governor of California ordered guard, armed guards to take back the sanctuary. Bell was killed, but it was revealed that none of the hostages were in danger. Bell's martyrdom and the stories he aired led to widespread public outrage, and the sanctuaries across the country were shut down, a pivotal moment towards the creation of the utopian future of Earth. After processing, Sisko and Bashir wander the streets and run into a tough named BC who scares them away as well as a normal out-of-work man named Michael Webb caring for his son, who encourages them to fight. Unable to find an open building, the duo sleep in the street. Meanwhile, Dax learns Brenner owns a large stake in the internet, and during a fancy party discovers the existence of the sanctuaries. She assumes that the duo are there, but cannot reach them as their comm badges were stolen. The next morning, Sisko and Bashir are attacked for their food rations. 
A fight breaks out, and a man steps in to try and stop the scuffle, but is killed in the process. Sisko and Bashir run away with the man's ID, and discover to their horror it was Gabriel Bell who was killed. Back on the Defiant, Kira, Odo, and O'Brien lose all contact with Earth and find no traces of the Federation. They discover that time has been severely altered, and that Bashir, Sisko, and Dax must have time-traveled. Back in the past, the riots break out as expected. Sisko and Bashir find BC in command of the group that raids the processing center. Seeing an opportunity, Sisko takes a gun and joins them. When BC asks what his name is, Sisko says, Gabriel Bell. Sisko, alongside Michael Webb, convince BC to spare the hostages, and Sisko Bell begins to assert his control over the situation. <laughs> Bashir warns Sisko that the real-life Bell died at the end of this event, a point which Sisko understands and is ready for. Sisko Bell manages to... to oh, sorry. Sisko Bell tries to crack into the net, but is intercepted by a hostage negotiator. Sisko Bell demands that the sanctuaries be closed and that the people living there be given the opportunity to seek real work. Dax hears the riots and runs towards the sanctuary to try and find Sisko and Bashir. She sneaks in through the sewer line, but is caught by Clint Howard and taken to the employment center. There, she pretends to not know Sisko Bell, who is trying to hack into the internet, but to no avail. Dax goes to Brenner and convinces him to override the lockout. He reluctantly agrees, and the sanctuary residents begin broadcasting their stories. Meanwhile, Kira and O'Brien manage to determine a few possible errors the duo could have traveled back in time to. After humorous mishaps in the 1920s and the 1960s, on their last possible trip, Kira and O'Brien end up in the right place and are able to contact Dax. Just then, the governor decides to storm the sanctuary district, despite the negotiator trying her best to stop him. BC, Michael Webb, and all the other hostage takers besides Bashir and Sisko Bell are killed, much to the horror of the hostages. Dick Miller, who once hated the people of the sanctuary and felt no pity for them, now tells Sisko Bell he will speak honestly to the press about the horrors of the sanctuary and the bravery of Bell and the others. He also agrees to switch Sisko Bell and Bashir's identity with some of the rioters who were killed. O'Brien, Kira, Dax, Sisko, and Bashir go back to the present to find that the timeline is restored with one major difference. The historical image of Gabriel Bell now shows Commander Sisko. Bashir tells Sisko the one thing he doesn't understand is how the 21st century let the social problems get so bad. And Sisko looks directly into our souls to say, I don't know. What do we think of past? <laughs> Oh my goodness! Oh, um, well, there was like a the middle fact... history lesson I had a this freaking episode had to make me do as well. <laughs> yeah, so I mean, like, there was like, a lot packed there, into there, these there, two there are, Yeah, there there are a couple of things I think. A, I mean, like just to start just to start right off, love it. Um, but B, but B, especially now that we are, especially now that you know, like with us, watch with us uh, watching these episodes and rec- recording, watching uh, Deep Space Nine and recording these episodes for Geek Space Nine, with us officially being in the twenty first century, it's so weird and surreal how like you kind of see this happening, especially especially because I've had conversations with friends whenever, 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 whenever we whenever we talk about the uh, about the subgenre of of sci-fi for cyberpunk and how and 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 how and how even how even though you know at least like you know visually, weren't like like at least visually you know like everything doesn't match up. You're still seeing similarities between the two. So. Especially with that last line where Cisco looks directly into our souls and says, "I don't know." It's just like, 
oh my god, they're trying like 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 they like they were really gunning for the whole. We are trying to get our viewers to not let this shit happen in that and these two episodes, and it's so surreal. Sarah, your opinion? I'm done. Sorry. <laughs> That's okay. No, no, no. Um. But yeah, as Peter was saying, we we get a little bit of a different perspective on these episodes because we are indeed now in the 21st century. This episode aired on January 2nd of 1995. So when it came out, uh, 2024 was 29 years in the episode's future. Now, today, I, I know you're not listening to this at the same time we record it, but we're recording on January the 9th of 2017. So... um. You know, a week and gosh, 22 years later after this episode aired. So now the events of the episode are only seven years in our future. And that's, yeah. that's very strange to look at. And, you know, it's, it's not too far, maybe. I mean, it's something that could happen. And I'm not too excited for the prospects of you know, our society in the next 20 years or so. And I don't know. It's, it's, well, I think it's scary. That's why, they did a really good job with it. Yeah. I think that's why this episode is very interesting. I think they did sort of purposely pick 30 years ish in the future for that very reason, because it wasn't so far advanced and they did a good job, but there's no flying cars and there's no like spaceships. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. For the most part, the technology is pretty on point. Uh, the only thing they got wrong was that the internet was way more advanced than they had it. Um, the way they had it there was sort of a mix of internet and tv channel but uh right. that's fine uh, one could see that these sanctuaries could have lockouts for internet access that's not unbelievable um mm-hmm. right. so a lot of it is very believable the weaponry is believable the outfits are believable it looks very much like the time period it was in and i think it was sort of very purposely reflecting on a lot of the issues uh of the 90s in particular in the 90s you have a lot of issues with uh with with homelessness because a lot of the um mental institutions were shut down in the 80s and so you had a lot of schizophrenic people and people with mental disorders and homelessness and we're still dealing with that problem to this day so that's definitely where this episode hits very close to home uh and i think it's a very interesting idea to do star trek reflecting on the past but a past that doesn't happen yet but is in our future if that makes sense Mm -hmm. of what i'm saying we're like a a very possible dark timeline in the future which I think is very interesting as well as just the general interesting idea of if a major historical figure whose life is so important to the foundation of what you are in your timeline dies, what the hell do you do then? (laughs) Which I think is a very interesting time travel problem to deal with. Yeah. Yeah. I will say though, like especially because, especially because of the actions that he took, and the questions that he was asking, I'm surprised that I'm surprised that Bashir, um, I, that Bashir wasn't the one who 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 jumped up who jumped up and was like and kind of internally said, "I'm going I'm I'm going to be Gabriel Bell." It ended up being Cisco. Hmm. That's an interesting question. I mean, I mean, like, I mean, like, at least, at least, really within the context of the episode, it make it makes sense that it would be Cisco. But, I, but I, but I felt that I, I felt that especially with Bashir being like, why, being like, why aren't these people getting basic health care? Why is the process so long? Why is this so messed up? Why is this so stupid? That that he that he wouldn't have been like, you know what, we act like, you know what, we accidentally, indirectly, kind of were involved in the death of uh, in, in the death of this huge historical figure that, that 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 we know of in our future 
let me pick up the reins and do it myself. I think it's be probably the reason why is because Bashir existed as the reason why um, Cisco had to explain all these things. You know what I mean? Where Cisco yeah. was clearly the one who understood the the total importance, and I think it might have just not have worked as well if Cisco was explaining it to Bashir, and then Bashir was the one who took over, and Cisco still had to tell him what Bell did. You know what I mean? Throughout the right, whereas like Cisco yeah, that... knows. He's clearly studied Bell and probably understands his personality and his his message and probably seen video of him or stuff like that so he can sort of imitate him in some form or fashion. Yeah, that's fair. But that would be my guess for why. Yeah, one thing that was... Yeah, that makes sense. ...interesting is that this was... And scary was that apparently, according to the DVD commentary, uh, when they were making this episode, it was announced that... uh, uh, mayor and some major city, I don't know which, actually put forth legislation to create a quote unquote sanction, a district, like a sort of holding cell for homeless people in his city oh, to like oh, get creepy. them outside of the thing. And so they were like sort of shocked that the thing they were talking about being so far in the future would actually be happening when they were making this episode. So I think it's very much sort very of a constant present. fear. I wonder if anyone took. The, I wonder if anyone like if anyone used this episode as a reason to like to, like to be at that guy to be like actually no we totally should not do this please shut up. <laughs> God I hope so. God I hope so. Do do you think it was too moralizing at all? Because some of these episodes can't be. Wait, if it was too what? Too moralizing or preachy. Hmm. I don't. Know, that's that's what I liked about it. Honestly, I mean I didn't really care about the the plot in and of itself like this you know the bell riots thing and i i realized that in the history of this universe it was an important event but it's eh. but the the message they were trying to get across was uh much more meaningful to me and again maybe that's just because we're living you know within 10 years of when this is supposed to have happened yeah. in theory so i don't know it was just very interesting to look at it from that perspective and also, you know, sort of a warning of don't fuck it up, you guys, in the 21st century. <laughs> don't do yeah. it. Yeah, I mean, because 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 with with them with them putting with with them putting this fictional with, with them putting this fictional future, like like thir- like thir- thirty thirty years ahead of, of when it of when it aired. It, it was it was kind it was kind of it was kind of like a way to like give like give a give a call to give a call to arms to like to like a generation that a generation that could have, that could have that could have been born like around that time it's like a call to arms to like you know babies to be like okay we were really hoping your parents show you this episode and you really internalize this shit and you think okay let's change let's let's change some things and like and like actually improve the world so that we don't get to this point for sure. Mm-hmm. I guess for me the thing that worked maybe. more than the I do think it's a good message but maybe it's just too depressing of a message because it's one thing we haven't really advanced in since then I think that's why this episode hit me really hard is that we really I don't think yeah. we really have advanced very far on the issues of, of housing people in nah. particular we haven't that's nope. right Where, whereas I think we have advanced in a lot of other social issues but I don't think we have in that particular one so Maybe that was just more depressing to me than like inspiring. Um, not that I don't think it was worth telling, um, but maybe it just didn't resonate with it as much with me. I think what measuring me more is just because it's 
themes I love is sort of the idea of the myth making and the idea of trying to recreate a myth that you know exists in the future or not a myth but a story and a historical event in the future but having to sort of relive that thing but then also change it in your own way which i think is very fascinating (laughs) you know that uh Mm -hmm. the the ways in which cisco had to still be gabriel bell of the past but still use his own skills and his own advantages to make sure that what is supposed to happen happens even though i think the ending is a little convenient because i don't really get why he gets shot in the shoulder and he doesn't i thought they were going to do a thing maybe this is why i thought Annie was going to go was i thought they were going to do a thing where he would die but then they transport him over to the end to the defiant and That's heal him what real I quick thought. with their sci-fi magic yeah, yeah, that that that's what I that's what I thought. I, I thought it was going to be something where, where like where he where he he like he and he and um and Bashir would have, would have, he and Bashir and and even and even and and and, and maybe even Dax for, for forever she could have been whether she would whether she would have been with them or somewhere else. They would they would have been a, they would have been in a room. A grenade a grenade would have been th- a grenade would have been thrown in, but they would have been but they would have been transported out like at that exact moment. And so everyone would come in and be like, well, you know, their bodies are just kind of disintegrated into dust so and like in that and that would be how they explained right. their death right sort of a but convenient no. yeah it but felt no, like it was just, just a little odd that it was just like he just got shot in the shoulder and it was like oh okay like mm-hmm. oh, we'll, we'll, we'll just change your names it's fine just 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 disappear into, into disappear into thin air much much like how you got here and there's a lot of side characters in this episode were there any that sort of you liked didn't like I thought it was funny when when the guy Chris Brenner talked about how he went to high school in the nineties, and I was like, okay, so how old would that make you? Now? It's exactly. It's like when in the nineties did you graduate? Early, mid, or late? I need to know now. <laughs> yeah, it would be. But, like um, I don't know. Uh, for me, none of the side characters really particularly struck me. I guess, but um, Ben, I know you you were pretty impressed with the uh, Michael Webb character. Yeah, I, just, I just thought he was a good character. I mean, maybe not the best character ever, but uh, I don't know. I think it's a very interesting idea for them to show sort of how far it had gone that even sort of just people who are out of work <laughs> were stuck in there and just sort of a. Uh, I like everyday sort of dad characters. I don't know. I guess I kind of relate to them. So. It was also interesting to me that we had two sort of very notable B movie actors who I called by name and not by their character names in this because that's how yeah. I just view them, which is uh, Dick mm-hmm. Miller, who is the guard who sort of has the change of heart throughout the uh, the two episodes and uh, ends up switching their identities at the end. He is in Terminator, Gremlins. He's in basically any movie James Cameron and Joe Dante ever made. Uh, <laughs> oh, wow. He just shows up in things. Um and then Clint Howard, who is the brother of Ron Howard and is also in a million things, but notably was in a very famous episode of the original series of Star Trek, where he oh. played Baylock, who's a little baby man, played by him as a baby, um, in the Corbinite Maneuver. So it was kind of a cool little nod to him that he was a crazy person looking for aliens, <laughs> which I quite enjoyed. <laughs> where Dax was like, yes, sir, I am an alien and uh, I need your help. And he's like, okay, that makes sense. Yep. I also liked uh, Dax's explainal of her ta- of her dots as tattoos. 
which I thought was really nice. Yes. Oh, uh, yeah. It's like, we're in Japan. Yeah, we'll, we'll go with that story. <laughs> yeah, Dax is clearly really good at improv. You know, she's just like, yes, I got robbed. That's why I don't have any ID. Yes, she's yes, great. I really appreciate tattoos. that. Yes, these tattoos. Yeah. <laughs> yes, I was young once, and I haven't gotten them removed yet. Oh, well. Look, for how often people time travel in Star Trek and how old Dex is, the symbiont, she's it has to have traveled through many times. There must have been so many times they've gone back in yes. the past. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> oh yeah. Star Trek's I mean, going and back and, and having having and having that many, having that many hosts, I would I, I would and, and like with, with with their varying with their varying skills, I would hope that I I, I would hope that that she, that she would eventually pick up the the, the skill of bullshitting. Yeah, totally. Much better than when Kirk and Spock went back to the 1960s oh for my the whales. <laughs> oh my goodness! <laughs> they also went back to the uh, mm. with the 1940s, where he just to to we get another. I think sort of a a nod to that episode, the famous episode of Kirk and Spock go back in time to save history, because famously Spock just puts a beanie over his head to hide his ears. <laughs> <laughs> and then I think he says something racist at some point, like he's Chinese or something. I remember something racist. So don't quote me on that. Um, no. And so Kira does something similar. <laughs> her disguise is she has to wear a little bandage over her nose. Oh, yeah. I did feel that those those little vignettes where Kira and O'Brien have to randomly jump back in time to try to pinpoint where they are. Like, it was it was... You know, kind of fun for comic relief, but it felt a bit. It was so silly. I don't know. It was it was lacking. It was really lame. It it was like this tiny little like SNL set, you know, and that they go through twice, and then like the hippies were the most hippiest hippies that I've ever hippied in. To ever hippie. (laughs) It was was a wee bit much. I agree. (laughs) (laughs) And like the 1920s people are like uh... have a bunch of fur. They're like, how improper. And then the like uh, they go back to uh, the Defiant via transporter, and the hippies are like far out, man, or something, yeah. you know, very obviously hippie. Well, <laughs> it was. Uh, it was uh, spoiler alert! I watched the next episode, and uh, we're gonna have a even bigger problem with a side plot being too silly for a very oh, intense oh, episode. Boy. Just a warning. We'll talk about that next week. Okay. I will mentally prepare myself. Yes, yes. By the way, mm-hmm. can we talk about Dax and like her outfit with like that feather I know. thing? I know oh, Sarah has some thoughts. Like, it's like I was not a fan. <laughs> no, thank you. I mean, okay, good. I'm glad I wasn't yeah. the only one. <laughs> I mean, she I think she always looks good. Yes. The outfit did not it look did. good. Her hair was particularly it weird. Was... That would not suit anyone. Yes, her hair was very weird. I agree. Because it was like tights with the skirt and some bad heels and like a jacket that was way too heavy and the feather thing. And it, it, I, I, who, who styled that? No. <laughs> well, one wonders if she's I, uh, supposed I to hope... look dumb or not. You know, is it supposed to be dumb future fashion or is she supposed to look hot? I don't know. I couldn't Because if it's dumb, supposed to be dumb, it worked. But she never had That's like a true. moment. Because then I feel like she should get there and be sure and be like, what are you wearing? She's like, I right. don't know. They put me in this crap. You know? Like, I have no idea. Don't ask me. Do you find alternate 
like sort of the 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 histories of Star Trek interesting the ones we don't necessarily see but sort of talk about in this episode this is a good one and sort of the other one I can think of is the eugenics wars which is what mm-hmm. uh, started con in the original series yeah I do I, I always find sort of you know fictional histories really interesting i.e. the lord of the rings I always want to know more about you know well this this story is great how did we get there and then of course the Silmarillion exists the problem is when I go to you know actually read a fictional history they often read like a albeit fictitious historical textbook and therefore I cannot get through them Um, but when it's done like this with um, you know well here's a story that happened and in telling it we can show off this time period then I'm more into it I guess no, yeah, I, I'm, I'm also, I'm also, I also find it interesting uh, when, when, when you, when you have, when, when you have, when you have these fictional histories that are created because I know, because I know that for me at least, at least one, at least one of those instances, um, the, 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 the video, the video game series Mir- uh, Mirror's Edge, that, uh, that, 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 that whole, that whole, that whole, that whole video game has has its own, it has its own inter- internal history with like, with, with, with like, Nove- like, like their, like their, no- their, their own, their own riots, like I call, I call it the November riot the november riots different like different different factions rising up different countries rising up and, and and people coming to power and like i and i want to know like i want to know you know what happened how, like how, like like what like what happened before the game like to, to to get to get to get to this point where we are right now what like what different parties were involved how were they involved and and so and so i and so i agree with sarah like i, I being i being be instead of instead of having to like read through stuff uh have, having it given to you in a presentation where like where you either playing through it or watching it and you are able, and you are able to extrapolate and, and and get and get different parts of get, get different parts of that history I, I find intriguing yeah there's a book by chuck palinick called rant that i really enjoyed that does uh, very similar where you you sort of there's these symbols that don't make sense and people talk about these things that don't make sense but as the story goes along you sort of figure out what the the history of this world was going back mm. and i find that uh fairly interesting because i find and i think it's why i like this episode was i like dust i think i mentioned before i don't really love the time travel episodes where we go back and meet real people uh not that it can't work uh classic example it's of this more difficult to do yeah the great example of this of it working is the doctor who episode uh with vincent van gogh which is a great episode and yes. Very yes. emotionally wonderful because it taps into what made vincent van gogh interesting whereas i think quite frankly star trek a lot of times just is like wouldn't it be crazy if captain kirk saw abraham lincoln um and <laughs> and i really appreciate this because i feel like if they did something similar where they went back to like the civil rights era and mlk died it would just be really weird you know what i mean versus mm-hmm. if we're doing a civil rights leader that doesn't exist I mean, we'll see in 2024, but I'm assuming that they're not that prescient and he won't exist. Um, it makes it a lot more palatable to me to sort of rewrite history in an interesting way versus, like I said, if they went back to like 1965 and they were like, ah, we got to start the civil rights movement again. It would just be like, oh, God, why? Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. I think the difference with um, Star Trek time travel versus Doctor Who time travel, we'll again use the Vincent Van Gogh episode as an example, is, you know, as you you said, 
you know, very well, but the thing that made that show, that episode good of Doctor Who was they explored um, the traits about Vincent Van Gogh that made him interesting. In Star Trek, when they meet famous uh, characters, i.e. Samuel Clemens, Mark Twain, Mm -hmm. um, they focus on the traits that made them famous. And the thing is, we we know about that already. Like, you're just a caricature of this real person. Right. Which is fine, it's just boring and overdone right right because that's what made the vincent go and this to the ending is really powerful where they show like we know you weren't appreciated in your time but people in the future love you and sarah's getting all the feels now reminding of that yes. scene <laughs> like oh yeah like listeners we are literally watching sarah like tear up right now it's like mm, it's so good. It's good. i'm all about that legacy so i teared up yes. quite a bit as well <laughs> on that yes. one. uh hamilton wrecked me thanks hamilton that last song uh, went straight to my heart and tore it apart. Thanks so much. Um, yeah, I agree. In the Charles Dickens episode and the Agatha Christie episode, they do, they've done a couple sort of historical figure episodes in Doctor Who that I feel like they're not just like gimmicks. They do feel like they're trying to explore sort of an interesting thing. Like the Agatha Christie one is like, oh, did you know that Agatha Christie disappeared for like a week and no one knows why and what happened? Here's the explanation of what mm-hmm. happened. And it involves a giant killer bee for some reason. Um, <laughs> um, we don't know why. It just does. It does. It does. Um, and and I think that's what makes this episode a little bit more, definitely a little more interesting is that we're, by creating something that feels like it's prescient now and dealing with the thing, it's obviously a reflection of our own time, seen through the eyes of the current time, um, but also doesn't feel hacky or hokey by actually literally being like, they're in the LA riots, you know, or whatever they were going to do. Um, oh, yeah. I was really impressed. I don't know about you guys, but with, with Avery books performance in this episode, I thought he had to sort of put on a lot of different hats uh, throughout the episode. Oh, yeah. I thought I was really impressed. With I would this. agree. Having to go from like commander to, okay, well, okay. Okay. Well now, 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 now let me assume, now, let me assume the position of, of, of someone who like, who, I, I don't want to say low life, but that's kind of what he had to be, and and then and then him stepping up and saying, okay, well now well now, well, now I have to be activist, and now I now I have to be like future like a, a, a future future man future man present past like past day activist like I I don't I don't know how to word that <laughs> like, like it, it was it was it was it was fun it was fun to watch that change. Yeah, and I think he's just a very commanding presence, Avery Brooks, when he when he wants to be, and so it's a very tough role to be like, uh, listen to me. Key phrase, key yeah. phrase, when he wants to be. Yes, <laughs> he can be sneaky <laughs> sometimes. <laughs> yes, love you, Avery uh, Brooks, but not these episodes. Yeah, I love you. I love. You. He's he's adorable. He has the weirdest delivery of anybody, uh, any actor besides Marlon Brando, I think. <laughs> uh, but I love him for that. I'm gonna work on an a- on an Avery Brooks mm-hmm. impression. I'll try to pull one out eventually we'll see how it goes just okay. in terms of the cadence at the very least so yeah that's that, that's yes. what you have to get right because he has this weird way of talking like where it's emphatic and important but i don't know how quite to get it yet it's very specific and very <laughs> interesting mm-hmm. i've always enjoyed watching him on screen was there anything else to say but, but more about? effective than uh than william shatner as captain kirk <laughs> Yes. Oh my goodness. <laughs> so, it's interesting watching the original series, Captain Just Kirk. Just speaking of interesting cadences. He doesn't get that crazy until the movies. It's very interesting. He has he definitely has an interesting cadence, but it's not to like Star Trek 4 where he's like, Spock! 
At each movie, he, just, <laughs> he, he says less and less of the O in Spock to like by six is Spock. <laughs> It's just a, <laughs> the O just becomes a whisper, and out of nowhere Spock. just comes the CK part at the end. <laughs> All right, is there anything else to say for past tense one and two? Just um, you know, again, I, I I keep you know talking about the fact that it's you know an hour time now or whatever, but it really hit home for me in part one when. Uh, Dr. Bashir says, you know, I don't know that much about 21st century history. It's too depressing. And Cisco says something like, yeah, the citizens of Earth made some ugly mistakes. They're like, it's happening. <laughs> yeah. No. Help. No. Too many shows we are finding out predict, like, like either directly or indirectly predicted just overall feeling of our current time. And it's like, how did you know? Yeah. It was far too real. I know. The problem is Star Trek seems to like have a certain date where things get better. <laughs> so yeah. I'm waiting. Yeah, I'm waiting for that. <laughs> we'll we'll see when we get closer to that. We can only hope. Crossing yeah, I'm fingers. thinking in uh, in the film First Contact. Yeah. Um, the uh, just a minute. I remember the the date that upon which no, First no, Contact we... happens. Yeah, date. Is it? Where is it? I need to know the exact date. I'm pretty sure that's an actual um, thing. This is not the right article. I will put in sassy music for this part. April 5th, 2063. Yes. Okay, so that is the day after my... uh, Let's see, how old would I be in 2063? The day after my 72nd birthday. So if I'm still alive... (laughs) I'm going to be waiting for the Vulcans. They better show up. No, see, honestly, honestly, I feel that, that, that the three of us and the, and the, and the rest and the rest of the Tuscan shit, Tuscan shit crew, we're all just going to be hanging out that night, hanging out that night. We're going to be like, okay, so a, we're just hanging out drinking because it's like drinking wine, because this is what we do now Two. Looking at you, Sarah. Do you have anything to tell us? Do you know what's gonna go on? Because like we're here now. You gathered us here for this party for this specific reason. So like, let's get the show on the road. Let's do it. Stupid Borg! You ruined our timeline. Uh, right? Seriously. <laughs> oh, Borg. Hugh, what'd you do? What'd you do to our timeline? <laughs> That was a nerdy Resistance trip. is futile. <laughs> but resistance is futile. I just watched that episode. He was so adorable. <laughs> I didn't know they could make a board. I love you. <laughs> but resistance is he futile. Yeah, you keep saying that. <laughs> 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 All right, folks. So that will be it for Past Tense Part 1 and Part 2. Next week, we will be talking about life support and heart of stone which will be episode 13 and episode 14 of season three as always i want to thank my lovely co-hosts for joining me every week on this journey our theme song is by captain meat shield you can check him out on twitter at cptn underscore meat shield 
We are a part of the Tuscan Shed Media Network. You can see more of our shows at TuscanShed.com. If you like this show, like, subscribe, rate, and review it any way that you can. It does help us find new listeners. Until next time, this is a crew of Geekspace 9 signing off. Bye, guys. Thanks for listening. <laughs>